Hey, Grace. Yeah, David? Do you want to go back? Back where? Back to the best. Back to the best? Back Back to to the the best. best. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Back to the Best. I'm David. And I'm Grace, and this is our podcast where we talk about all the best things from the 90s to the 2000s, which is also known as The Best Times. To all our first-time listeners, welcome. To all our former besties returning, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Best. That's us. That's us. And if it's your first time listening, welcome for the first time (laughs) to Back to the Best. And this is us. This is us. Coming to NBC (laughs) next month. (laughs) Oh, I need to catch up on that show. Get ready to just, it's like, I'm still watching it, but it's just how much, I want to know what that writer's room is like. I know. Because they just come up with the saddest storylines. When I was watching it, I was totally hooked and I, I, don't, I think I stopped for no reason at all. But it is, you have to pay attention to every single minute of that show. Yeah. Like, you can't get distracted at all. No, I still can remember so clearly being shook in that first episode when you realized the twist at the end of it. I know. Shook. Oh, it's a great show. It is a great show. But you guys, this, is, this episode has nothing to do with... <laughs> This is us. No, not at not, <laughs> not at all. And it, it, um, it does have to deal with another, um, you know, hour-long TV show. So it's very similar. That's true. It has. The, oh wait, it has an actor in common. Wow. We okay. So not an actor. Okay. So there's an actor in This Is Us and in the show that we're going to talk about in this interview. <laughs> It's not the actor in this interview, but the actor in this interview is on this, this is in this. this show with an actor in This Is Us. Do you think anybody followed that? I didn't follow that. Do you know what I mean, though? I know what you mean, though. Okay. <laughs> I think that before we say who is on our show, which mm-hmm. we realized last week we love drawing out who's on our show, but it's right there in the title. <laughs> it's right there i know but at least you have people do have to wait till thursday well no actually we put up a clip on wednesday where we tell yeah. people so if you saw us on instagram you know who it is if you read before you clicked this you know who it is but first yeah. we have some 90s to 2000s news we need to discuss yes bet midler posted on her instagram i think all three of them did that they're all in their hocus pocus costumes again and her caption was, I put a spell on you. And now, better get your ticks for our virtual Hocus Pocus Huluween takeover. That is the best news to come out of this year. Is it on Halloween? Uh, I'm opening up. So it's for the New York Restoration Project. So it's like a fundraiser for that. You oh, nice. Get, you can get tickets. It's on October 30th. Okay. Tickets are $10. It's a one-time oh, that's not showing. bad at all. This is a one-time showing. The show will not broadcast again after the date and time. So, like, the only way you can see this is to go get your ticket. I wonder if it'll end up on YouTube or anything. I I could see it being one of those things where people will record it, put it on YouTube, and YouTube will just keep pulling it down. Yeah. I mean, hopefully there'll be clips that you can watch again if, like, people maybe didn't, like, couldn't pay for it or anything like that. But... Guys, I actually haven't even watched Hocus Pocus yet this year. I need to do that. I watched it, I watched it, I think, before October. It's so good. You can really watch it anytime. If there's one thing we love, it's celebrating the holidays early. early. (laughs) (laughs) November 1, my tree's going up. So it says, join us as NYRP founder Bette Midler reunites with Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimy. For In Search of the Sanderson Sisters, a Hocus Pocus Halloween takeover hosted by Elvira and featuring, are you ready? Featuring Glenn Close, Billy Eichner, Jennifer Hudson, Adam Lambert, John Stamos, Meryl Streep, Billy Crystal, Samantha Diaz, Todger Call, Angela Johnson Rise, Alex Moffat, Martin Short, Sarah Silverman, Thora Birch Thor is coming back. Oh, she has to. Omri Katz, Doug Jones, and surprise guests. 
See, if there really is a, something good to take from this staying at home quarantine, it's that there are so many reunions and look at all these actors and actresses that are going to be a part of it. Yeah. I cannot wait. I'm, I'm oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I think I am too. 10 we bucks. It goes, it. To, it goes to charity. Oh yeah. You can sit at home in the comfort of your own home on the couch in your PJs and be a part. And think of how much money we've saved by not going to movie theaters since March. Oh my God. Just like payments for things. Like we don't have our Disney pass. Or our AMC. Or which guys, the news about Disneyland, it's just never going to open, is it? It's not looking great. Did you see the statement that? Yeah, that um, Disney put out? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I get where they're coming from. They, if they're not permit, given permission to open, they cannot bring people back to work. Yeah. Yeah, I, to- I see it's both sides It's just what it is. It, yeah. yeah, I see both sides of it as well. California is trying to keep everyone safe. But that is like 28,000 people lost their jobs. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's so sad. I think that that was the biggest news. There is a new Zoe 101 music video coming out. We thought it was a reboot, but it's not. It's not. But hey, it's something. It's something. Jamie Lynn is posting about something. Hopefully it's leading to a reboot. Yes. Oh, fingers crossed. We, we just need all of these reunions and reboots right now. Yeah. We need them. And, um, okay. If you guys listen to our second episode ever, we discussed the pilot episode of a little known show called Gilmore Girls. Yeah, like not many people know it. I don't think a lot of people have heard of it. Mm-mm. Like it's not no. like it went on for like seven seasons. Eight. And then had seasons. like, yeah, it had like four like mini movies on Netflix. It, it definitely didn't do that. May you lead. Oh my God. Yeah. If you guys listened to our last episode as well, we gave that hint at the end of the episode, but we know you already know. And the beginning, what we were trying to say was that Milo Ventimiglia is in This Is Us and Gilmore Girls. (laughs) And we're talking with David Sutcliffe in this interview who played Christopher on Gilmore Girls. So that's the, like Milo is in Gilmore. We're talking about Gilmore and he's in This Is Us. So that's, did that was the that? connection. Did you guys get that? Did you get that? Some people actually might have. I bet a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we talked with David Sutcliffe today, who was Christopher. You guys, it was a dream come true. I have said it a million times. Gilmore Girls is one of my all-time favorite shows. I watched it live on TV. I have all of the seasons on DVD. I, watch, I used to watch it every single night, just go over and over and over again. And if you listen to our last few episodes, you know I've been binging it for the last month. And I finished, yeah. I finished an hour before we did this interview. Oh, it was just meant to be. It was so meant to be. We talk about Gilmore, obviously. Hey, we talk about horoscopes. Mm-hmm. If you're into like the star signs, we talk about that. We talk about his podcast. You're going to hear it all. Yes. What if we gave like a full 45 minute <laughs> summary before we <laughs> So this is it? here, what's to come. <laughs> Uh, I think that there's nothing else to say than to just get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Here is David Sutcliffe. He's amazing. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? David and Grace. Yes. Yes. Another David. (laughs) Thank you for doing this, by the way. Yeah, no problem. Anyway, how are you? What's happening? We're good. good. How has your quarantine been? I'm up here in Idlewild, which is a little mountain town, uh, two hours east of LA. So to be honest, it's been pretty, pretty mellow. Yeah. Um, I've already, I'm already pretty isolated, so it's the perfect spot for it. Yeah. Um, and you know, people are coming up on the weekends again now, but uh, yeah, you know, it's been, it's been fine. I mean, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think what? it's safe to say. Everyone thought that little two weeks was like, I was like, get two weeks paid vacation. We'll just hang out, watch some movies. And it has not been that. It's been much longer. No, no. It's no. been a whole thing. It's yeah. really intense. And so, I remember yeah. leaving work and they were like, oh, we'll see you guys in a week or two. Seven, really? Seven months, seven months later, here we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seven months later. It's just I crazy. Wild. And no end in sight, it seems. I know oh. it, there really is no end in sight, but 
I think everyone's just gotten used to taking it one day at a time. Yeah. There's not really much else you can do. No, not at all. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Have you been doing anything to stay busy? I know you have your podcast. I have a podcast. I, you know, my business has been fine. I, I have, I do workshops. I mean, that, that's been, that's stopped, obviously a lot mm -hmm. of in-person workshops, but my coaching stuff has uh, actually business is good because people are struggling right now. There's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of, it's a stressful time. Yeah. And it's a time of massive change. So uh, I'm getting a lot of calls and uh, so, no, it's been good, you know, a little, a little isolating, I think, but uh, I go into LA every couple of weeks, uh, but the, the, the town is dead. Where are you guys? Uh, so we're near each other. I'm in Studio City. She's in North Hollywood. Oh, you're you're LA. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's a ghost yeah. town. It's a. It's. I mean, it's not so much anymore, but it's changed. Like it's. It has something's going on there. Yeah, it definitely has. I especially when all of this first happened. I mean, we weren't really leaving the house, but there people would take photos of the freeway, like the five, the one hundred and one, and there was nobody on it. it. Looked like the apocalypse had hit or something. Yeah. 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 And I think the industry is changing too a lot. Mm -hmm. And somehow this has exacerbated it um, or sped it up somehow. And I think I, I, I just, that's my sense of things. Yeah. That the whole game is changing and nobody really knows where it's going. Mm -hmm. It was inevitable, but this is, uh, this has made it happen. And uh, yeah. So I, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see, but it's, it's LA is a, change definitely i mean all the big cities are changing and lots of people i mean i left before all this went down yeah but i have all kinds of friends who are getting out of town getting out of la moving to other places so yeah yeah it definitely makes you realize what's actually important in life right and so yeah i think i think people have changed but you can take some positives away from it too you know yeah. it's important yeah. to do that well changes you know it just is you know, yeah. it's, just, it's always happening. So we kind of got to roll with it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're doing well and that you're staying safe. And so we'd, oh, also, I just need to point this out. This is so, <laughs> um, you and I have the same birthday. Oh, really? We do. I, I, June 8th. Yeah. Gemini's. Mm -hmm. I've, I've learned recently that a lot of people, maybe we are, that Gemini's were apparently kind of crazy. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, I guess I didn't look too much into it my whole life. And I remember some friends of mine now are really into the signs and stars, mm -hmm. and which I'm very open to as well. But a friend of mine not too long ago was like, you're a Gemini, Geminis are nuts. And I just, my brother's a Gemini. I had no idea we were so crazy, but I guess it's like the two, the twins. We have two right. sides. Well, I think it makes sense to us. Yeah. But- <laughs> On the outside, it's, it appears in. to be crazy, but it, it's completely logical and cohesive yeah. our behavior to, to ourselves. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I know a little bit about astrology. How, how are Gemini's crazy? So I have, what, what are your friends saying? My friends are saying that we're two-faced, two I think is a negative word, but we have two sides to us and we come off really nice, but we're actually very intense behind mm. closed doors. Mm. But when I, my friend said that to me, I thought, doesn't everybody have a little bit of that? Like, mm -hmm. you're not going to go meet someone you don't know and be your complete self. But if you're talking to a family member or a close friend, you're more likely to be yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But everyone don't, that just doesn't said seem we're very hot specifically and Gemini to me, but yeah, me neither. I didn't yeah. think so either, but a few people were, they were like, you're a Gemini. We didn't realize, but then they said, it's because I'm hiding my other side. Well, it's it, mercurial, I think is the word literally. Um, mm. Mercury is the, is that not the, uh, the planet, <laughs> the Gemini planet? So uh, that's how I experience it. I'm definitely moody. Yeah. Um, and my, I would, or, or another way to say it is I, I just flow from one emotional state to the other very quickly. Um, but that's, can, that, that, that I've heard too. is a sign of, of being a Gemini. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's true. Anyway. Sign, yeah. I know absolutely nothing about astrology. What sign are you, David? I'm an Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. That's another yeah. sign. I know a little bit. I have a bunch of friends who are astrologers, so they're always sending me stuff. Oh, nice. 
-hmm. I find it fascinating. And it, it made me look up a bit more about signs, but it's, there's a lot to know. There's so much information. I mean, they break it down to your like love language as a well for any sign, your financial, your relationships, it's broken down into so many layers. Yeah. And I didn't believe it until I got a couple of readings back in my uh, late twenties and they, uh, they felt incredibly accurate. Now it could be confirmation mm. bias. I understand how this works, mm -hmm. but it felt accurate. Uh, one was traditional astrology and the other one was Vedic astrology. So they have a slightly different approach, but um, they're both looking at the stars and the moon and mm -hmm. the sun and the impact that it has on us and when we're born and the time we were born. And do you, do you guys, this app, the pattern? Everyone, all my friends love that. the pattern. I've yeah. heard all about it. Well, you yeah. gotta get it. It's, it's I need so to get it. fun. It's so fun. It's so good. It's freaky. Does it tell yeah. you your horoscope every day? It's, it's, well, it, it's based, I think on, on astrology. It's not so much a horoscope. Uh, I guess it's a horoscope. It, it's just like, it talks about patterns, the patterns that exist, I guess, in, in the universe and uh -huh. how they impact us and that we go through cycles and changes and it gives us some information and insight, which I think provides comfort for people because life mm -hmm. can be scary and confusing and there's lots of unknowns. So I don't, I don't know if it's real or not, but it's fun. Yeah. And it feels fun. good when you read it. It's always, like I said, it's always comforting. I do need to get it. A bunch of my friends talk about it all the time. Yeah. And they look at it every day. I do need to get it. I have to it's remember great. to do it's that. It's fun. It's easy. It's just it's yeah. download. You're free. You, you punch in your uh, birth date and the time of your birth if you have it. And then, uh, and then it just sends you stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Because yeah, the time of your birth has to do with it too. Mm -hmm. Oh God, we could talk about it all day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. I do find it really interesting, but yeah, we have the same birthday. So mm -hmm. we're both Gemini's. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'd love to also ask you just some questions about your career in general, if that's all right. Yeah, ask away. So when did you know that you wanted to get into acting originally? Well... In high school, the drama teacher, who was also my English teacher, asked me to be in the school play. I was very good at reading out loud Shakespeare, whatever we had to read. And, but I was a jock. I was on the basketball team and I was a hockey player. So the idea of doing theater was just, I don't know, it, I couldn't make sense of it. Uh -huh. uh, but there was some part of me that thought, oh, that, that would be fun. And then I went and watched the plays and, and I had a feeling like, oh, I, I think I could do that. And then when I got to university uh, in Toronto, I was an athlete. I was a basketball player playing in college again, and, uh, but I got injured. And uh, I was living with a guy who was a playwright. And he uh, asked me to audition for his play. I showed some interest and, and he gave me a small part and, and that was it. Mm -hmm. um, I was hooked. It felt very similar to me to sports. Uh, there was practice, which was rehearsal, and then the game, which was the That's show. That's true. Yeah. And so, the, yeah, it felt similar. It felt familiar. And uh, I just, I really fell in love with it. So I started doing all kinds of theater at the University of Toronto. And then when I graduated, there was really nothing else I wanted to do. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a shot. And it took some time, but eventually I made my way to New York and then and then to LA and, and started working. Oh, Did nice. you did you want, so were you interested in film as well, or did you prefer theater? I just wanted to be able to make a living being an actor. I, I was doing theater mostly in Toronto. So I just assumed that I'd be a theater actor, which mm. is why I went to New York originally. But when I got to New York, it was pilot season. I didn't know what pilot season was, <laughs> but all of a sudden I was being sent out uh, for you know, two, three, four auditions a day. I was in my late twenties and I could play comedy, which was at the time friends was a super popular show. And I was right in that age range and I could play that kind of cute, funny, sweet style, yeah. uh, pretty well. So, uh, all of a sudden I was, you know, in demand and, uh, yeah. And then I, and then I, that took me to Los Angeles. I thought, okay, I guess, you know, I'm going to follow this. Mm -hmm. uh, and LA is the center of television. So I went out to LA 
and uh, just, yeah, started booking stuff and then eventually um, got Gilmore Girls. That was the one that really was the steady thing uh, throughout, you know, the, the 2000s for me, seven years. So, yeah. Did that just come through like a regular audition or did you have any connections with it or did you just go and audition like anybody else? Yeah, I just went to audition. I had done a couple of TV series at that point. Both had uh, been canceled, but I was on people's radar uh, mm. in LA and the casting directors in the yeah. studio. So they, they, they knew who I was. And so I was getting brought out for a lot of things and Gilmore Girls was on the air. Uh, it was uh, well-reviewed. Uh, people mm -hmm. were talking about it. It wasn't like it was a big hit, but everybody could see that it was a good show. I watched the pilot and I thought it was great. And I just went and auditioned and I had a feeling, uh, you know, some auditions you get and mm, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if I can do this. I can think of like five of my friends who are, <laughs> who are better at this than I am. Uh, but this one was like, oh, this is right up my alley. I know exactly how to approach this. Mm -hmm. uh, this there was obviously a style uh, to the writing and it need to, needed to be delivered with a certain kind of pacing. And that was something that I was very comfortable with. And mm. so I went into audition and then I thought it went really well. And then I left and I heard all this laughter. And I didn't know if that was a good sign, a bad sign. I didn't know if it was about <laughs> me, but uh, you know, then later the casting director told me that, uh, no, they were laughing because they knew that uh, they had found Christopher. They, they were certain that I was the guy. So. Uh, yeah, it was sort of meant to be, I think. Yeah. Nice. Wow. That would have made me so nervous if I left. I was I would have thought the same thing. Oh my God. Did yeah. I just screw if, that up? If, if I had sucked me? in the audition, I would have been worried. But I, I was I, I thought I did a pretty good job. So felt good. yeah. Yeah, I felt I felt good about it. Yeah. We both used to be tour guides at Warner Brothers and the Gilmore Girls fans knew their stuff whenever they would come and we'd show them around <laughs> the whole Midwest area. Yeah. That's one of the most fun parts of the job is showing the sets from Gilmore Girls. It's one of the most fun things about working on Gilmore Girls is being on the, the lot, uh, Warner mm -hmm. Brothers lot and uh, all the history that's there and all the other shows that are shooting. When we were shooting uh, on Warner Brothers, uh, ER was shooting and Everybody mm -hmm. Loves Raymond and oh, what a Friends time to be was there. shooting. Yeah, it was all kinds of stuff going on. West Wing, late, wow. late Friday nights. This was the most fun because West Wing and Gilmore Girls were both shows that had very long scripts and were fast talking. Yeah. So of course that takes a long time to shoot. So very often Friday nights in the Warner Brothers lot, you know, two, three in the morning, the only two shows that were still there trying to get their week's worth of work done were Gilmore Girls and uh, West Wing. So um, it was always, yeah, it was just always interesting to see, yeah. to see those guys hanging out and, uh, you'd see people in the in the cafeteria. It was it was fun. Mm -hmm. I I grew up watching Gilmore Girls, and my dad ended up nicknaming the show the Fast Talking Show. Yeah, that was just because he would hear it on, and he would literally be like, "How do they do that? How do they possibly talk that fast and memorize those lines?" So I do want to ask you: Was that difficult? Because Amy Sherman Palladino's writing is so incredible and so witty, and she has so many great references, but. Did you find that as a challenge to memorize the dialogue and keep up with the pace? Memorizing the dialogue was not that difficult because it was so well-written. Mm. So it had a natural flow. Uh, the pacing was often tricky mm. uh, because sometimes it just felt faster than you could naturally say it. And because I was coming in and out of the show, uh, it's often when I'd come back after a couple of weeks or a couple of months off, catching up to speed was often difficult. So the first couple of takes was always, that was great, Dave, but just, can you do it faster? And I was like, how much faster can I possibly do it? And then you'd see it and, you know, it's a style and it, it would work right. and drive through it. Um, but it took some time, but I, you know, I, I had a knack for it and, you can kind of feel it, but not everybody did. I mean, all the regulars in the show got it, but there was guest stars that came in, very good actors, mm -hmm. but who couldn't, it just wasn't, they couldn't do it. 
Yeah. This, yeah. This wasn't, they were slow talkers and subtle and nuanced and they just couldn't get into it. So it is, it is definitely a style and it, 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 it's tricky to execute, but there's also, there's a flow to it and there's a life to it and you can feel it in the writing. And once you get into that zone, it's kind of magical. So there's mm. this spot that you're trying to find the sweet spot in there. And when we found that it, it was, you know, it was, yeah, it was very, very satisfying wow. uh, to, to do those scenes. Yeah. Some great, I mean, obviously there's a lot of amazing, amazing scenes oh, on, yeah. on that show. Just, just brilliant. Yeah. What was it like meeting the cast for the first time? Did you get along with Lauren Graham and Alexis Bledel right away? Yeah, I had auditioned with Lauren. The first thing I ever tested for in Los Angeles was a show called Us. It was a sitcom for ABC or NBC. And she was the star of it. I didn't know oh. who she was. This is obviously before Gilmore Girls. And I went in and I read with her and uh, it was horrible. I was horrible oh. or she was, I don't know, it just didn't work. <laughs> just wasn't there. At all. You could feel it. You could feel just there's some, it's just a bomb. Oh. And I could see she was self-conscious about it. I was self-conscious about it. It was just something wasn't connecting. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of the room and, you know, my manager calls me, how'd it go? I'm like, yeah, there's just, there's no chemistry. You know, I had no mm -hmm. chemistry with this, this woman. And so it really was about a year and a half later where I, I didn't make the connection. I, I saw her on Gilmore Girls, but I didn't make the connection. It was the same person. So mm -hmm. it was only at the table read, the first table read after I was cast, where we started reading, we were halfway through the first scene and it was humming. It was good. And you know, you have that, you looked at each other. We looked at each other at one point, kind of smile and nodded, you know, uh -huh. it, was, it felt good. And it was right at that moment that I realized, oh shit, that's the same. <laughs> 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 which was odd because here we are now having phenomenal chemistry and yeah. it was the same with Rory that first episode mm -hmm. that I was in it was a, a lot a lot of scenes with Rory and you know she was young she was new she was open and uh I think everybody knew that the show was special you know mm -hmm. it was working and, and and well not not Alexis certainly but everybody else had been around long enough to know how rare it is Mm -hmm. and um it's like it's its own life uh, you step onto the set and it's it's another world and it's mm -hmm. very specific it's got a, a quality to it it's got an emotional resonance the dynamics are all there it just seems to be uh yeah it's something magical sometimes happens so mm -hmm. um yeah the chemistry was there from from the beginning it was easy it was easy yeah it definitely shows Oh, definitely. Yeah. And fun. Yeah. It was fun. Oh my gosh. Well, the writing you guys had, I just can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. It just seemed so fun. And I remember um, from watching it, one of my favorite things about the dynamic between Christopher, Lorelai, and Rory was that even though life happens, you guys weren't together, if something did happen that needed the family to reunite, Christopher was always there. Mm. He always came right back. And it I don't know, it really resonated with you watching the show, just that mm. family dynamic and what's important because he was always there when he needed to be there. That's interesting to hear that. I I don't entirely have perspective on it. I was mm. living inside it. So it's interesting to get that feedback. My sense of it was always he was letting them down. Really? That's how it felt to me. I always wanted him to be more heroic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And it just seemed to me there was always some frustrating impediment to uh, allowing them to have real uh, connection and resolution. And in a way, that's how it feels like it ended. Like the um, the the Netflix, the, the the final season, I guess. Yeah. I had that one scene with Rory, and it felt very sad to me that scene mm. yeah, because I see that. there was something that was resolved mm -hmm. or unresolved, but resolved to this is what it is. The distance is always going to be there. I have my life, which is fine. Yeah. But there was something, I just think there was something sad about Christopher. He couldn't quite mm. step up. He couldn't <clears throat> commit. And I think he, you know, 
self-esteem issues, shame. I don't know. But when I watch it, uh, that's what I see. That's what I see. Although he, he did it. He's a good guy. He did his best. He's a good guy. I, you know, he, he did show up. But at the end of did. the day, he couldn't quite pull through all the way, um, whether it was well, then, for his yeah. family or, or for himself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sherry so came into the picture, then Gigi, and then uh, it got a bit, right. it, got, it got complicated then. It, it got really complicated. Did. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually just finished watching the whole show for the first time this morning. <laughs> I oh, watched wow. the last episode. And yeah, I felt like every time something good would happen for Christopher, something worse would happen. Right. <laughs> right. Away. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Like I was rooting for Christopher since the beginning. And then when you and Lorelai got married, I was like, all right, here we go. But then. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of, kind of, kind of sad. It's okay. It's, it works for the show. I think, I mean, I think that's why the show resonated. It's, it was a mother and a daughter. And I think there's a lot of broken families out there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of young girls resonated with it and they resonated with that idea of the father, not entirely being there and not always showing up the way that they wanted him to show up. So mm-hmm. it, yeah. I, and I felt always in the writing and in, in the, the episodes that that feeling that that sadness the uh and the longing for the 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 family to be reunited mm. um and you know i i re- resonated as well because you know my parents split when i was six so my dad wasn't really around and mm. so I, th- I think i mean from that perspective uh i know that's not entirely what the show is it's not what the show is about but from my perspective that's what the show is about from my character's perspective yeah and um so it's an and i think it's an important theme Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Well, David and I, I mean, both of our parents got divorced when we were younger as well. Yeah. And I remember, I think that maybe that was my takeaway then where I guess maybe I can remembered and locked into the moments more when Christopher did come back. Because right. Mm-hmm. It was like wishful thinking for wanting the family to yeah. just get back together. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's why I yeah. think it was, his, that character was, uh, had such a, um, a, an emotional resonance because there was a longing a deep longing for for him to be there but it's okay yeah well how did you we were wanting to ask how did you feel when in season seven especially so Lorelai and Christopher get back together when you heard at the table read and you realized that was going to happen what how did that make you feel for the characters well I mean season seven I just felt like they it, had to. It was a weird it, season. It's a weird season because Amy had left the show. <laughs> right. And I don't know what she would have done if there was a season seven. I'm not really sure. But it just felt like they had no other place to take the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I didn't feel that emotionally. It just felt like, okay, this is what we're doing now. It's season seven. The show feels like it's kind of over. Um, I didn't even really want to do it to be honest mm-hmm. yeah um I, except they paid me a lot of money <laughs> it was the first time that i had real leverage you know okay because okay. uh, i knew they they you know they'd written themselves sort of into a hole so i was like okay and then when they came to me with the offer they wanted me to be the whole do the whole season all 22 episodes but uh i just i don't know there was something i was like eh, i don't i don't that doesn't feel good to me. So I ended up, I think mm-hmm. I ended up doing 17 episodes. Originally I, I signed on for 13, but then they added me to a few more. So that was also part of it. I mean, who knows if I had said yes to all 22 episodes that might've changed some of the writing. It's like, yeah, people all ask me all the time. Why weren't you at Rory's graduation? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I was working on another show. That's yeah. what, <laughs> like, it's not like there's these considerations, but I can't believe that happened. Well, you know, it's actually because- You gotta pay the bill. Here's what really yeah, happened. <laughs> like, you know, these, I mean, the writers, they, I think they have a, a, an arc in mind. They, I mean, they, they mm-hmm. do, but they're also making it up as they go. They have yeah. to, in a sense, it's, it's because it's alive, right? You can't entirely plan it out perfectly, especially a show like that. So I think a lot of it was just, uh, you know, they were kind of winging it. Mm. So since they kind of do that as they write as they go, would you be signed on each season to a certain amount of episodes or would that kind of change as they were writing and as they were filming? 
Yeah, it would, it would change. Um, they would say, Oh, we, we want him for this many episodes we think, but maybe this many, we're not sure of the dates. So that's the thing that always lent, lent me to think that, uh, maybe they don't exactly know uh-huh. what it is there, you know, I mean, it's, which is fine. That's how, yeah. that's what I'm doing as an actor. I'm making it up as I go. Um, so yeah, it was usually, I don't know. They'd tell me I'd get an offer and, um, and then it went on as time went on, it, it became more and more episodes. And, um, and I knew eventually they were going to have to, uh, go deep with him. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to, they were, it was going to have to come to a crisis. He couldn't just be on the outside at some point. They, I figured they were going to have to get back together yeah. and see what this was. Oh. So that did make sense to me. Um, but it also didn't make sense to me. It did, like the idea of them being together at the end made no sense to me. Yeah. And I don't Honestly, know if that was ever a consideration. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it I mean I think in some way it's perfect. Like they got back together. It was sort of sort of delusional, really. They're in <laughs> France and you know, what are they doing? There. It's kind of like it's uh, you know, it's like your friend back home is like you got married. Are you sure that it was a good decision? Yeah. To your ex-boyfriend from high school is the you know, father of your child. They Sounds a little crazy. Yeah. yeah. But it was fun. And, you know, this is what people do. People are a little crazy. And, and then we sorted it through. And, and I think it, it ended as it was meant to. Yeah. What about, so what about for a year in the life? Were you glad that happened? Like, was the cast overall wanting to kind of end it? Because I had read that the cast didn't know you guys were filming the last episode of Gilmore Girls season seven when you actually filmed. Like, you didn't know that was going to be the last episode. Is I think everybody knew. Everybody knew. Last, yeah, yeah. 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 I think people were done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think everybody was signed on for, is that seven C? I don't know, actually. But um, no, you could feel it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, without Amy, it didn't really make sense. Seven years was enough. Yeah. And, pe- and I think a- people wanted to go on to other things. I mean, Lauren was still young and and Alexis was still young. I mean, the whole cast, you know, and and, yeah. and they did. They all went on to amazing things, so. Uh, it felt, it felt done when we came back for year in the life. Is that what it was called? Year in the, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> I wasn't that connected to it, but, uh, yeah. um, it, you know, why not? I mean, the show went on Netflix and became incredibly popular again. I got recognized more, uh, from when it got rebooted on Netflix than I oh. did from the first run. Oh, wow. oh, way more. Yeah. It was like the show was over. And then maybe like two years, three years later, it hit Netflix. And then I think I was living in Toronto at the time. And all of a sudden, I, could, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Wow. Every day. Every, I mean, it was probably a couple of years where, it, yeah, it was almost, I'd never experienced that. But going out uh, in public to a mall uh-huh. or to a bar, forget it. There was just, wow. Yeah. Wow. No, it was crazy. And, so yeah, that, that was kind of interesting. So it made sense to me that they want to uh, capitalize on that. And the fact that Amy and Dan, they were going to come back and do it. And mm. I think it was fun. I mean, it felt like no time had passed. I mean, I just did that yeah. one scene. It was a lot of the same crew and uh, I, I didn't see it all, but the, the, I, the one that I saw, I thought was, I thought it was fun. I thought it was great. I know the fans, I, I think the fans, didn't like it. Is that correct? That's what I heard. I had heard there was a lot of, some of the people I knew were let down by the last words of it because Amy Sherman Palladino had said she'd always known how it was going to end, but of course she couldn't do that in season seven. So then the last words of a year in the life weren't what people were expecting. I liked it because I loved it. What did she say? Mom, I'm pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. People were confused by that i don't know i love to see you guys all together (laughs) well she's i mean what's confusing she's pregnant they didn't like it didn't like it i would say maybe didn't like it it's too on the nose yeah i wonder what i didn't mind it it was fine i mean it's hard (laughs) i think it's hard to end the show it's like any show it's hard yeah it's gonna be you're not gonna please everyone no matter how you end it it could have been breaking bad did it yeah. Breaking Bad did it perfectly. And then they made that El Camino and then oh, the movie, fucking yeah. ruined it. It I was know. horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I don't know what, 
was going on? Like they were all <laughs> drunk. It was just all of a sudden I'm watching a bad B movie. Oh, yeah. Um, which, but yeah, no, Breaking Bad ended perfectly. I think it's hard to end the show. I don't know. The other thing is you got to understand, you know, the fans have their relationship to the show. Mm-hmm. We're making the show. Like yeah. my perspective of the show is like when we shot it, like right. the scenes and how that felt. Um, the fans is just, they just see the final product. Yeah. So for us, a lot of the motivation is just like, let's get back together and do this thing that we did for years and have fun doing it. And if it's good, great. If it's not okay, you obviously want things to be good and you want the, uh, it to resonate with the audience, but in some way, like for Amy and I think for everyone, it's like, it was, you know, it, it was fun. I thought yeah. it was so fun. You know? wow. Yeah. I yeah. get to do it. Absolutely so, loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I the absolutely. Four long episodes. That was cool. Yeah. It yeah. Was like four, yeah. four movies, basically. I, Amy and Dan, I mean, I was just there the one day, but they seemed to be having a great time. I mean, I asked them a lot of questions about it and they, they, they were super happy. Yeah. So it was exciting for them. Well, I sometimes think there's also two types of fans there's the fans that just want to see the cast together, and then the fans that get upset about how it ends, which is going to happen all the time. Every right. show, there's people that are going to hate the ending. Mm-hmm. Right. But overall, we absolutely loved it. Oh loved seeing you guys together. It was amazing. Yeah, people it's, become very invested. Very I, invested. I get it. Yeah. And the yeah. internet trolls go crazy. Like there yeah. would be, so whenever we gave tours, I hadn't watched Gilmore Girls yet since I just watched it now. But there would be fans, like if you would point something out and like said one thing wrong about the scene, they would jump in and be like, no, this was episode three of season four. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they it's were amazing. dedicated. Yeah. And I had grown up watching the whole thing and I would sometimes have somebody catch me and I was like, oh, my mistake, but they really cared. Yeah, <laughs> they really, really care. <laughs> it was always fun to see how excited people got, especially when they would move the gazebo into the Midwest backlot after mm, you yes. guys were done yeah. filming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been amazing. The The fans of the show, they just, yeah, they love it. It's, uh, it's really uh, creeped into their hearts in a way that it, it's just surprising to me. I mean- it's something I feel very grateful for. I mean, you begin mm. your acting career. You, I mean, you're just trying to make a living. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I hope I can make a living at this. I don't know. Am I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, you, you get in, you start working and you become ambitious. But, uh, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning that I was going to be a part of some show that was is now considered a classic, it's a beloved classic, yeah. uh, generational, you know, there's a whole new mm. generation of, of kids you know, 12 year olds, 14 year olds watching it now for the first time, um, you know, I would have been like, wow, okay, that's, <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> so I, I feel super grateful for the experience that I was able to have on that show and just to be a part of it. Yeah. Do you have any favorite episode or favorite scene that you got to do? Well, I think my, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great scenes. I think that the, um, the scene in the kitchen when I, I do I ask her to marry me in the when Christopher returns yeah you know, when she's mm-hmm. in her pajamas and mm-hmm. I bring her coffee uh, that scene is one of my favorites because it was such an intense day shooting it mm-hmm. and it was a big scene and that it, it needed to go well mm-hmm. uh, for for me <laughs> <You know? laughs> like this. This is it. Like I, yeah. I got to this fucking scene if I want to yeah. continue to be on this show. And it's a long scene. It was around the kitchen. It took a long time to block it. Lauren was, uh, she wasn't struggling with this. She, she never struggles, but it, there was stuff. There was just lots of angst and tension and uh-huh. which how it's how I like to work. It was emotional, mm. I guess we were into it. And, um, so it was that you felt the the high stakes of it and yeah. uh uh and it turned out great you know and when it, it was over i remember we hugged and you know we looked at each other and there's just that moment where you know we knew that we were onto something and that mm. this was working and um it we felt i think all the potential and then the mm-hmm. personal connection you know there was a lot of love i mean it's 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 also the other thing lauren is a warrior at work mm. like and She's tough and she's intense and so am I. So it's fun to work with other people who are not afraid 
mm-hmm. and they're not afraid to be messy. They're not afraid to scream and yell or, you know, do whatever you got to do. You're, you're, you're yeah. in it, right? Yeah. And it's, you have to be willing to let it all come out. I mean, it's like, uh, it's like if you're in a, a fight with your spouse, it's like, mm-hmm. it can be intense and uncomfortable. And so you want to be able to get into that kind of energy mm-hmm. with another person. It's very vulnerable <laughs> and not everybody is up for it. Sure. The truth. Um, so there was that, that scene was, it felt really good to me. Cause it was like, okay, I, I belong here. And even as an actor, it was like, okay, this is, you know, I, I felt really good about the scene, about good about myself. And then, uh, and then I think the cotillion ball is my favorite episode uh, oh, for that's me. That's such a good episode. Just because all those girls in the white, I mean, it was just the cutest thing I'd ever seen in my yeah. life. And uh, the tuxedo, I, I didn't grow up with any of that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah it same. Was a lot of fun to, uh, to just be a part of that. And then uh, it was a fun episode in general. And we shot it at this uh, ballroom space on Wilshire Boulevard. And it was just, it was just a lot of fun that episode and I think it turned out really well but yeah I have I have you know a lot of the memories are just you know hanging out between scenes and mm-hmm. um there's that scene on the on the front of the house that I that I love I can't even remember what it was at the end of some season maybe oh season <laughs> two you know it's just one late, of them. The, well the late night scenes too the, the Friday oh. nights on the Warner Brothers lot outside those were always those were always fun, two, three in the morning. And, you know, cause you just, you just, you started to feel the ghosts of Warner Brothers. Yeah. You know? They always say it's Marlon haunted. Brando, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, they all work there, right? Yeah. yeah. And so you just, you know, that's when the ghosts would come out. So it was always yeah. fun to be on the lot late at night when nobody was there. If you're it's, ever back and you catch a Warner Brothers security guard, just ask them. They have all the stories. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, all the ghost stories, especially if they're on like the night shift and they yeah. just have to go in and like make sure the lights are off in the stages. Mm-hmm. Oh, they said it's grown men. They are creeped out, like totally creeped out. It's a yeah. magical place. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. So much history. Yeah, they say stage four is totally haunted. Really? Because that's why I know where I know that's that that's where like The Conjuring and some other horror film. Oh. I've heard stage 16 is as well. The big one with the logo. Mm-hmm. I've heard weird things about that one. Well, you, you, if all of that energy is in there somehow, mm-hmm. I think things have a life and yeah. I think it yeah. stays. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something, something to it. Yeah. I love well, a lot. Oh, I love it. Um, so kind of segueing. So you announced that you retired from acting. Right. And now you are a certified core energetics practitioner. Correct. I'm very curious. What exactly is that? Uh, Core energetics is a somatic, somatic meaning of the body, Mm. psychotherapy. So it's it's essentially I'm a psychotherapist, but um, we use body-based techniques, or at least it's part of what we do. So we help people feel their feelings. We all have feelings that are trapped in our body, hidden from our awareness. You know, we all know this, right? Mm-hmm. We have things inside us that we don't know about or we're scared mm-hmm. to feel. So what I do is really help people feel those feelings, you know, mm-hmm. help uh, and the, the tools that we have uh, help give access to that because it's, it's hard to conjure up sometimes our, our rage or our pain or our fear. These are uh, difficult places to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people come to me mostly like I'm feeling stuck yeah. or, uh, you know, I feel blocked. I don't know what it is. I'm depressed uh, or, I, you know, I'm, I'm at an edge of something. And, and so I just help people uh, get to the next level. But it's really just about feeling okay. on, the, on the most basic sense, helping them uh, feel their feelings and liberate themselves from them being held in their body, which of course then distorts their whole perceptual field. So it's, it's very, very deep. It's very cathartic. Mm-hmm. I started doing it in 2006. I just started going to workshops. I just, for my own, I was always in therapy as many actors are just because I wanted to understand myself. And then, uh, 
And I tried a number of different modalities and then somebody recommended this workshop up at the Esalen Institute in, in Big Sur, California, a famous retreat center with this woman named Ann Bradney. And so I went up there uh, to do her workshop. I was terrified. I had no yeah. idea what to expect. And I, you know, just got my mind blown uh, by what I saw and by what I experienced. And that was kind of it. I uh -huh. knew in that moment, it was one of those moments where it's like, okay, I, I want to know everything she knows and I want to be able to do what she does. And from that moment on, really my acting career became secondary. Mm. And I joined her school a year later and I made a documentary about uh, a workshop that she did. And, uh, and I, I didn't exactly know that I wanted to uh, facilitate. I mean, there was... Uh, the idea of working with groups mm -hmm. was interesting to me, but there's a lot of ways to work with groups outside of the therapeutic setting. I mean, even producers in Hollywood are essentially managing groups of people or, mm. or directors. And that was one of the first things that I realized when I got to Hollywood, there's very few adults. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of fucking kids running around. It really is. Like, where, where's like mom and dad? Like where, what's this is? Oh, I'm on my own here. Nobody's got this. <laughs> right. Um, so I always felt like, oh, uh, you know, if I could become an adult, uh, you know, I, I could, I could, there's, there's an opening for a job here. There's a, there's a need for that. And there was, so there was something about this work and especially the way this woman uh, managed groups of people and managed a lot of intense energy and emotion that felt to me like, like a set because, you know, especially dealing with actors and directors and other creative people, there's, there's a heightened emotion and, and people are feeling very insecure and vulnerable. And mm -hmm. so ultimately, you know, there was a feeling of like, you know, I, I want to uh, learn these skills and then bring them back to some kind of production. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll see, I'm still working on that, but right now I, I do a lot of, uh, well, when, when COVID is not, when we're not locked down, I do a lot of in-person workshops and then and then one-on-one -on -one consulting and coaching it sounds oh. amazing i when i i took it i think it was called body technique or something at an acting school that i went to and i remember thinking why are why is this a class that we're doing at acting school and it was she would really just have us lay flat on the ground and she would come individually and kind of assess different areas that we would hold a lot of tension yeah. In our body. And I remember trying to, I was very open to it, but trying to understand. And one day she explained that even like you said, for actors and just emotion in general, you can hold it yes. in different parts of your body and it can, you can carry that and you don't even realize that you're doing it. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that's exactly what yeah, you no. specialize in, but I, I was, my mind was blown because she, my shoulders were up here and then she, she helped me relax my body and it was weird how you can release that emotion in your muscles and in your body. Yeah, I, that's why it was so compelling to me because I'd done a lot of talk therapy, mm. and which is great, because but it's all heady. Yeah. It's cognitive. Uh, you're understanding ideas and concepts. So, okay, this happened to me and my father wasn't around and this is how I interpreted those events as a child and this is the meaning that I assigned to it. and. Now I carry that with me and I project that out into the world and you, know, you, you do the math of, of your issues essentially yeah. is how I see it. But I wanted to be able to feel. I hadn't mm -hmm. cried. I knew I had grief and tears and I, I couldn't get to it. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified of it. And I also knew that I had anger mm -hmm. um, that would come out in these moments in the car or in a fight with somebody. And, uh, and it was unintegrated. I didn't know where it was coming from. So this work gave me a place to, to get all of that out. Nice. And it was just incredibly liberating and freeing and beautiful and interesting and fun, you know? Yeah. So it just, it just became another way. It's like creative. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I, I, I worked at it for a long time and, and developed the uh, skills. And so, yeah, this is, this is what I'm doing now. Nice. Is that what inspired then your podcast as well? Yeah. My podcast is, uh, called the psychosphere. 
And you know, I'm still trying to figure out what it is, but um, one of the things I'm doing is interviewing, uh, well, I'm I interviewing other mental health practitioners mm. um, and just talking you know, about these issues. Mm -hmm. or I'm interviewing people and trying to uh, deconstruct them psychologically, if they're willing, okay. if they're willing to, to have that conversation. So yeah. um, that feels like where it wants to go. Um, almost, you know, live therapy on yeah. the air, which could be really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of building it and, and experimenting and figuring it out. But uh, uh, it's fun. It's fun. I'm playing around with it, but it's, uh, it's, it's evolving. Yeah. That's really cool. And I love all your videos that you put on your Instagram too. Your motivational videos yeah. are great. Thank you. We all need yeah. them. We need them these days. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy times. Definitely crazy times. Is there a place that people like, is there a website or somewhere that people can go or are you not, are you doing like online sessions right now? Yeah. Um, you can, Go to my website, davidsutcliffe.com, and everything's there. Um, I do workshops. Uh, I do do one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's exclusive. It's limited. I, you know, there's, I don't have, I think, any spots open right now, but you can definitely apply. And if, if the work speaks to you, you know, if you yeah. read the website and, you know, people get it or they don't, which is fine. Yeah. Some people read yeah. it like, oh, yeah, that's what I need. That's what's, that's for me. That's how it was for me. So yeah, go to my website, check it out, get on my mailing list. That's the best way. Cause I do all different kinds of events. Uh, some I've been doing some online stuff, uh, like just three hour little intros and or a one day workshop. And I have reoccurring groups. I just started a, a six month group that I'm doing with, uh, like six people. So we'll go, you know, just really, really deep. Uh, okay. groups are great. Groups are great. Groups, yeah. is, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's very vulnerable and powerful. So I'm doing all different kinds of things. So yeah, if, if you're interested, just uh, go to my website and get my mailing list and, and, you know, you'll see, you'll see what I'm up to. Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. I really kind of want to check it out. Yeah. yeah you should I'm definitely check it out. By it. Yeah. It sounds so, and I had never heard of, I never heard of it before. I hadn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe I did and I didn't know I heard of it from this class I took, but it might, I think it was called something different. Yeah. Well, there's, I think it, it, there's a lot of different, uh, modalities that are all essentially getting to the same thing, but this, you know, even yoga essentially is yeah. about mm -hmm. releasing, uh, tension and trauma, uh, from the body. And you can go into deep into a yoga pose and all of a sudden start crying. You don't exactly know yeah. why it's because you're holding some emotion there. So, mm. um, it's good to free ourselves from, from these emotions that we, we carry from our history. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That does sound really cool. And we'll make sure to post your website. Yeah. We post the episode on Thursday. Thank as well. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I think final question, would you ever consider coming out of retirement from acting <laughs> if they ever did a Gilmore Girls year, second year in the life? <laughs> a second. Know, what would they call it? Another year? Another, just another I'm, Gilmore I'm, Girls year. <laughs> I'm almost certain that that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, would I, you know, may, maybe, I don't know. I feel out of practice. I'd be, I think I'd be terrified too. Yeah. Oh, I remember all the lines. I don't know. Um, I don't think I could say no. Um, yeah. if, you know, my agents call them, there's, there's stuff that comes in every once in a while, but nothing that's, uh, been interesting enough to want to pull me out of retirement at this yeah. point. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy right now. Nice. Good. That's great. That's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you okay. so much. You're welcome. Good to meet you guys. Nice to Great meet you to too. Meet we, you. Yeah. Good luck we really with everything. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Stay well. You too. <laughs> Thank bye you. Bye-bye. Bye. Where you lead. I will follow. Any, anywhere. That you that tell, tell me to. If you need. If you need me to be with you. Uh, nobody asked us to sing the whole theme song, but you knew we were we were gonna. Okay, you guys, we haven't done we haven't sang in a while, so I know. Get off our backs. We haven't sung in a while, and we just—it's hard to sing over Zoom. It really is. I don't know how people do it. I know. I do think that I I actually am curious every time 
like a band or anything does like a Zoom reunion and they all sing perfectly on Zoom. I'm like, okay, did you all do this individually and then someone edited it? How are we doing this? Because we need to know how. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they all recorded it individually and sent their tracks in. Um, but guys, how great was David? Oh my gosh. If you're a Gilmore Girls fan, you have to be as excited as we are because we, we were really trying not to overwhelm him with too many Gilmore Girls questions. I, I had, because it's so fresh in my head because I actually watched all, I guess, technically eight seasons if you count the Netflix one. Yes. With, like within a month. I can't remember when I texted you that I was starting it, but I feel like I did it in record time. So I had so many like specific questions written down, but I was like, I can't ask these. I know there were a few specific ones, but I feel like he did a great job at giving an overall view of how he felt about Christopher, the character. And just, he even mentioned some of his favorite scenes to film. And it was incredible just to hear. Oh, it was incredible. My childhood self would have been losing it. I, I am losing it. With excitement, with excitement, with excitement, with excitement, with excitement. potato, potato. Potato, potato. David, my birth twin, my Dob twin. We're Geminis. Any other Geminis listening? Have you guys been told that you're nuts? Because I have. (laughs) Well, there's a a song. What song is it where it's like, I'm a crazy mm, Gemini? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But you know what? Like we said with David, every, every star has its... Not like um, celebrity star or star sign. Every star as has its its, its um, thorn. <laughs> every star has its thorn. Every <laughs> every person has its star. That's what they say. And you guys, we talked a little bit about it towards the end of the interview with David. But if you go to his website, cliff.com, he has a lot of information about the work that he currently does, which I really found fascinating. Honestly, because it really was something that I had honestly no idea about. No, I hadn't heard of it. You, there is also an option to request a consultation, but he did say to add yourself to his mailing list, right? Because that's full right now, but to add yes. the mailing list so that you can get updates. Yeah, so he's a core energetics practitioner. If that's something you're interested in, go add yourself to his mailing list. He did say he's still doing some consultations, obviously not in person, but with COVID, he is still working on that. Yeah. And David, if you're listening, thank you so much again for coming on, answering, actually answering all of our questions. (laughs) I know. Above and beyond. Yes. The detail in his responses just were so cool to hear. So, so cool to hear. We are huge, huge Gilmore Girls fans. We cannot thank him enough. Can't believe it just turned to 20 this year too, like a couple weeks ago. That blows my mind because again, I grew up watching it, but I don't know, even when, because I've been rewatching it recently, it still feels, like it doesn't feel like it's super dated. No, honestly, if it wasn't for technology, you yeah. wouldn't know it, like the flip phones and... Some of the references that they make, you can tell, like, they're a little bit dated, but also at the time they were dated, as like some of them are older bands that Lane loved or older movies that Lorelai used to watch. It made me really happy because in the original there because it was on the wb and they rory made like a reference about buffy because she was talking to paris who paris first of all i it took me a little bit to realize she was from how to get away with murder anyway yeah she is um but rory makes a joke about like being out late and she's like are you gonna see spike and drusilla who are from buffy and then Mm -hmm. in the year in the life she makes a reference to five by five and in my head i was like oh faith always said that in buffy and then rory's like i just watched the buffy marathon anyway (laughs) Hey, wait, how weird is that? Because our second episode ever of this podcast, we told both of our favorite shows, which mine is Gilmore Girls, David's is Buffy. Right. And they crossed over so I think in our, Gilmore Girls. Okay, so let's just put it in the universe now. Okay. Lauren Graham and Sarah Michelle Gellar together on one episode. <laughs> I don't know what we would do. We how would, would we, we even would, do that? We would have to... We would have to get on and prep three hours ahead of time just to get, we would have to like practice our questions and we never do that just so that we didn't freak out. When no amount of prep could prepare me for that. I know. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway, so yes, back to David. Go check out his website. You can follow him on all the social medias. 
His Instagram is his name, David Sutcliffe 33. And his Twitter is at Sutcliffe David. DavidSutcliffe.com. Check it out. You scroll down to the bottom and that's how you can join the mailing list. I just found that out. Oh, great. Yeah. And while you're on there, like if you're following him, head on over to at BTTB podcast. That is our Instagram and Twitter. Who's that? I've never heard of them. It's us. Tell me about them. (laughs) It's us. They're really nice people. They host a podcast. It's called Back to the Best. Oh, okay. Um, It's like about 90s to the 2000s. Um, You know, kind of like nostalgia. They have a website. Um, if anyone what is it? To go, it's 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 um, World Wide Web www.bttvpodcast.com. I'll check it out. <laughs> they have a YouTube that they used to post on. You guys, we really want to get YouTube videos going again, but the COVID. We say it every week, but one day, one day we're gonna say, "Hey, there's a new video instead of there's not." Yeah, we could do a video and just stand six feet apart. Remember when we did that as a joke back in like February? That was before anything was official. Don't yell at us. We didn't know anything. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, David, for coming on. Everyone go watch Gilmore Girls. It's on Netflix. And he said it's more popular than ever now. So go watch it. If you haven't, you will not regret it. No, it's such a good, it's such a good fall show too. It's a great, great fall show. And make sure you follow us everywhere at BTTB Podcast. We love you all. Thank you for tuning in. And we will, of course, be back next week with another fabulous episode. And we are definitely going to keep taking you. Back to the best. Bye. Bye.